Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, Sports to the Max. Joining us in the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, a guy that I've gotten over the last few years. Uh, he's a coach. He was an athlete, but there's so much more to Dominique Pierre Toussaint than that. Dom, Dom, thank you for joining us. How's it going, Mike? How's it going? Good, man. I want to start with, because you tell the story better than I, you know, where you've ended up, and, and you're in downtown Hopkins and some of the things that you've done. Downtown Hopkins was just recognized last night, and I'll be darned if the mayor didn't point you out in the midst of that speech for very good reason. But explain how Dom grew up and how football helped change his life. Well, so um, I grew up, uh, I was born in Brooklyn, New York, um, and uh, reside in uh Far Rockaway, Queens, Edgemere Projects, you know, doing the uh, crack era, right, with the beginning of the crack era. Yep. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was different seeing the change from night to day due to the effects of uh, drugs hitting our community. And I, I lived in a, a pretty tough community. Edgemere was a tough community, but uh, it made me who I am today. Claimed the lives of some of your friends, but you took a different path. What did you do? Um, actually, uh, hip hop, um, yep. was a part of my, my life. Uh, it actually, I was into the arts. It, it took an art teacher and a music teacher that noticed that I had a passion for it and they helped me utilize that passion in a, in a good form. And it took a mentor, Mr. Smalls that, uh, took me out of the streets from doing graffiti and took me into a center and actually had me do my graffiti on the wall instead of defacing property and getting into trouble or behind bars. So um, it took it took some mentors to make me who I am today, too. So you're playing football. You've got somebody channeling your art and energy in the right direction, but it's never a smooth path. How, when you left high school, how did you end up in Minnesota? <laughs> Actually, I was in Maryland. Uh, I moved kind of like a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air type situation from the streets of Edgemere. Yep. Got into a life-threatening situation there. And had to move and moved in with my aunt and uncle in uh, Maryland and attended a school in the suburbs. So that was different for me from being from the urban area and moving into a suburb area. And a uh, coach pulled me along and yanked me into wrestling. And the only thing I knew, Mike, was WWF. So yeah. I was pretty strong, and, and he noticed that. So he utilized my strength and he guided me to a place that actually earned me a scholarship out to Dickinson State University. And then what? And then, you know, in Dickinson State University yep. in North Dakota, yep. it uh, gave me a little chance to uh, explore football, too. 
even more. So I played for Hank Bijou out there for uh, one season. And, you know, the, the, the tracks of not continuing school the proper way kind of led me to uh, not finishing school. But that led me uh, here to Minnesota um, instead of moving back to Brooklyn. And when I moved here to Minnesota, uh, it was a buddy of mine that uh, was working for, for Prince at that time, and he asked me to uh, join him and being a, one of the security guards, with, excuse me, a bodyguard with him out at Paisley Park and on a couple of events that he had downtown. And that opened my eyes up to Minneapolis and noticed the, the beauty of the arts here, and it started bringing the arts back out in me, Mike. What was Prince like? Uh, he was a he was an interesting gentleman. Um, I rarely talked to him. It was only during the late night uh, that he would have functions out at Paisley Park. But I do remember <laughs> I do remember one story. Uh, I was guarding the steps that go up to uh, where top DJ area, and I saw a silhouette, and it was just a small silhouette. And I I'm going to tell you, Mike. I thought it was a woman going up the steps. So yeah. I screamed at him. Yeah screamed at him and said, hey, get over here. And uh, as the silhouette got closer and I looked a little deeper and I noticed I noticed it was uh, Prince. We used to call him old boy. Yeah. I noticed it was Prince and he walked up to me and he said, well, at least I know you're doing your job. And then he uh, told me to walk through the crowd with him to get to the DJ booth. So <laughs> uh, he was a very interesting cat. Okay, so now you've coached. Uh, I'm skipping ahead a little bit here, but I, I want to – You've gotten involved in a couple of things in Hopkins, and, and I mentioned that you got called out for it in a good way last night from from the mayor because you're doing something in downtown Hopkins uh, with your talents and your gifts. Explain what's happened in downtown Hopkins and what role you're playing in it. Well, I work for um, ICA Food Shelf. Yep, and and um, I'm the community relations manager for ICA Food Shelf. So in my role, um, what I do, Mike, is I first create a Space to listen to the concerns of new generation, our new generation, and community leaders, city officials, and Hennepin County officials. Then I identify the common grounds between the conversations then, um, that they share about their concerns. And the three major concerns I've heard uh, repeatedly revolves around food insecurities, employment, counseling, and housing. And the funny thing is, with this organization that I'm with, they just so happen to provide me with the exact resources needed for this community-first approach to addressing the immediate needs of our service areas. So what I've done is I utilize those resources that I have to really extend myself to the community, and this Hopkins community has accepted me, and they've taken, they've brought the art back out of me, Mike. Um, I lost it for a little bit, but... I found my passion again, and this great city has given me that opportunity to share my eclectic thoughts and um, out-of-the-box thinking here. Dominique Pierre uh, Toussaint is our guest. He's out in Hopkins. He's a fixture out there. But I want to get into the food shelf part of it because I don't think people understand. And one of the big reasons I wanted to have you on tonight was because of the work that you, not just you, but the rest are doing there. Explain the need for food shelves in the suburbs because everybody thinks, not everybody, a lot of people think it's only an urban issue. Explain the need for ICA food shelf in the suburbs. Well, first of all, the first thing is everybody always thinks it's just a food shelf. It's not just a food shelf. Much more. Wrap around services. 
Yeah, much more. Wraparound services, they actually help out with housing. As I stated earlier before, food insecurity, employment assistance, um, resume assistance, mental health connected with us through a relationship with Relate and um, housing assistance. So it, it is more than just a food shelf. And right now, that is what I'm trying to do is make sure that our community members understand that we are here to serve them and we're here to serve them in any capacity as possible to help them achieve. What is the number one need you think amongst the people? Uh, the number one need right now, it, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you due to the stopping. Um, it, there was a, uh, it, it's not food insecurity at the moment, but it's more housing. Housing mm-hmm. seems to be the, the issue right now. And, you know, we've, uh, as an organization, we um, actually helped about a thousand individuals avoid eviction last year. How do you do that? <laughs> how, do we, how do we do that? Well, we do that with the help of, of Hennepin County, um, excuse me, the CAP Board, CAP uh, Community Action Partnership, um, and also with some of the services from the government, um, which with the CAP HC, I happen to be a board member there as well. Yep. So, so the the people that are in need out there right now um, for food, for housing, for all these things, obviously it's the old saying, you know, teach a man to fish and, and you'll eat for life. What can right. you do to give them the resources, intellectually speaking, educationally speaking, to help negate this problem? Well, I'm, I'm going to say it, it is not just one, one um, it is not just ICA to help yep. out with the situation. It takes, it takes collaborating with schools, collaborating with cities, collaborating with parents, caretakers, it, it takes, it's an old saying, Mike, it takes a village, man. Yep. It really does. It takes a village. And I know it's an old saying, but it is the truth. And right now we're working together to end the silos and, and, bring, and, and work as a unity, work in unity right now. So it sounds like a cliche, my man, but it is the truth. We are working together with everybody. And right now um, we, have, we have the backing of the city of Hopkins, we have the backing of Henry County, and the backing of Hopkins Public Schools, and ICA is 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 just another piece on the board to help us move strategically. Now you've raised some great kids, and you know what kids mean. Uh, I know what they mean to you. you I, you've coached them. I've seen you coach them. You've done lots of things for uh, for kids along the way. When you see a kid who is short on hope, meaning they live in a in a in a household where there isn't a lot of reason to be optimistic. What do you try to do for them, and what can we do for them? Well, let's just keep it simple, Mike. I find out what they're passionate about, and then I draw off their passion. And then I, you, I create a platform that's off their passion so they can share their gifts with the world and make sure that I actually showcase them in a way that makes them proud to be who they are. That's, that's, that was, that's what was done for me when I was younger. I wish I had all of the resources I have right now. So now that I have all these resources, Mike, I'm just creating platforms for those individuals that are in need like that, especially the youth. What if you see children, not just you, but I'm talking about us or any of us, and you think they're in a bad situation. You think that uh, you know, the parents aren't giving them what they need 
to be successful. You think that it's going to end badly if they stay in this situation. What do you do? Man, that's a that's a wide open question right there. Mike. Yeah, but I think about it for ourselves because we all have, sometimes we see things and we're not quite sure, but we think, my God, that kid needs more help than they're giving him. You know, right? And and, and there's no simple question. There's no simple answer. Right to that, Mike. The only thing you can do, and 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 I'm let me be clear too. I'm not gonna be able to save everybody. Mm-hmm. So, and that's that's the role that that's that's what I keep in mind because. Because you try, you try to do the best that you can, and whatnot. You can't, you can't for sure think that they're going to listen to you or follow you. But the best that I do, the only thing I know to do is be myself and to show that individual um, that I am here for them, as long as they're here to work with me to help them. What do you tell people that go? You know, I'm at a stage in life where I need to give something back. And I'm not quite sure how I can be most effective in doing that. How can people be effective in volunteering? I don't know if it is for your group or not, but what what kind of inventory should they take and where should they go if they have a resource? If it's not just money, but I mean the ability to mentor or to assess, what what can they do? Well, first I have them uh, reach out to me and then share what their passion is. And then what I do from there, Mike, is I create so many platforms in the community, Mike, that I will find something with your skill set to actually assist and volunteer. Um, but I make sure that it fits along your schedule. I make sure that it's um, that you are comfortable in doing it. So the first step, Mike, is reach out to me. And that's at ICA. And uh, ICA, like, like – uh, Dom said it, it's much bigger than it's not just a food shelf. It's so much more. But I guess what I'm trying to do is get people to think about, you know, what could we do? Where could we fit? If we, we people have skill sets and gifts that I think get underutilized, particularly as they get older, Dom, that could be exactly. incredible assets for organizations like yours. Well, at ICA Food Shelf, actually, but we run by volunteers. But just yeah. say a high percentage of our our. Um, considered coworkers are volunteers um, and it's individuals with different skill sets. They come to us and they tell us what their passions are and we place them in a situation that actually helps and benefits us and the community. Dom, I got to tell you though, man, you, you don't live life sitting down. You're out there. You're mm-hmm. trying to do something good. You're trying to make Hopkins better. You're trying to make the, uh, um, uh, these different communities better because you know who they were because you were there. And I commend you for all that you're doing, and I just encourage you to keep doing what you're doing because you're, you are giving something really special back to Hopkins and beyond. So thank you for joining us tonight, and I think you, you know your story. That's why I wanted people to hear your background before we got to the point about what you're doing now because it's, uh, uh, it, it, it's a story that provides hope, and it shows us what we should be doing. So I, I, I just appreciate it very much, and you and I will have coffee again soon, all right? All right, Mike. I look forward to it. Don't threaten me with a good time. You got it, buddy. Dominique Pierre Toussaint, the one and only Dom. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.